Okay, very good. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Let us pray. Father, it is amazing to watch you work. God, I just, I'm so excited about today already. It's been such a blessing. I mean, from dedicating a child, watching parents grow, friends and family, visitors. God, I know I'm, I'm myself and leadership are so humbled. This congregation is humbled. We praise you, Father. Thank you for working. Thank you for letting us see it. That confirmation is so important. <clears throat> Father, I pray for our country. Um, Father, the leaders of our country. Father, I just ask that you grab a hold of their hearts. And you help them make your decision. Not prideful ones, Father. Only yours. Father, I thank you for this community. Thank you for my brother Mikey and the outreach team putting in the time and effort to get out there and love on this community. Father, when we started this ministry nine years ago, that's what it was. It's, it's just straight up outreach, and we continue that on. And Father, if we ever start to hesitate in that area, you just let me know. Father, I promise we'll continue to be obedient as a church. And we'll continue to go down your path with your vision that you gave us. Father, in this moment, You've given me a sermon. You've given me a word to get across to your people today. Father, I just ask that you take all of my pride, my selfishness, and my anger. And just, Father, get rid of it. Anything that's blocking me from your message, Father, I ask that you get rid of it. You replace it with your love, your peace, your joy. So, Father, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Don't let anything that comes out of my mouth be of me today, Father. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. So, obviously, we have six baptisms today, so I'm going to hurry through this. This will not be a one-hour sermon. It will be a 50-minute sermon, so y'all just... In the last few weeks, we have been uh, learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Last week, we talked about the gifts of healing and prophecy, okay? Just like the last two weeks, I want to start by looking again at the biblical definition of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, God spiritually active in the world. That's the Holy Spirit. There are nine gifts lifted, listed in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, performing miracles, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking language, speaking in tongues, interpreting language, interpreting tongues. Okay, today we're going to talk about performing miracles and discerning of the spirits. We're going to start with discerning of the spirits. The definition for that, the ability to discern evil spirits and when deception is taking place. Okay, the, the Holy Spirit gives the gift of discernment to enable Christians to clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God, Satan, the world, and the flesh in a given situation. The church needs strong Christians with this gift to warn fellow believers in times of danger or to keep them from being led astray by false teachings. 
What comes along with these false teachings could even be signs and wonders that are not from God. I need y'all to understand something. False teachings, signs and wonders not of God, sorcery, witchcraft. I need y'all to know that's real. That's real stuff. In fact, the perfect example of this is in Exodus when three times Pharaoh's sorcerers and magicians replicated the miracles that Moses performed. Uh, when he turned the staff into a snake, they did the same. When he turned water into blood, they did the same. When he called up the frogs for the plague, they did the same. That's proof that it's real. It's biblical. There is evil movement that does happen. The good news is it ain't got nothing on the movement of God. Amen? So how do you distinguish between the evil spirit and the Holy Spirit? The Bible tells us this in 1 John chapter 4. I mentioned this last week just for a brief second, but today we're going to teach on it, and then again we'll move on to miracles. But we're going to look at John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Verse 2. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges, acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. Verse 3. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Okay, so first thing I want you all to grab from that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Okay, It says there that it's already here. Now, a lot of people say, now, wait a minute, because in Revelation it says that the, the Antichrist will come at the end times and so forth. Maybe, guys, it's, it's telling you the spirit of the Antichrist, not the Antichrist himself. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. So, in other words, the evil spirit. It is all around us in this world. I think that's pretty obvious to see. I mean, I don't care what news station you watch. You turn it on for two seconds, you're going to see evil. It's pretty sad, but it's out there. Satan is alive and well, and he's working hard. We've got to figure out how do you distinguish again between what is God and what is Satan. When God called me to pastor this church, plant and pastor this church, I have a family member that is uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Greg Brezina. Uh, Greg Brezina was actually an NFL football player for the Atlanta Falcons. He played for them for, I think, 11 years right in that range. He was all pro a couple years. He was a really good player. Some of you old guys in here will remember this, the grits blitz defense. He was the outside linebacker on that defense. And to this day, he still tells me that was the best defense in the NFL. And they actually did lead people. I think it was the least average amount of points per game. But anyway, Greg Brezina, uh, after football, became a pastor. He was actually the chaplain for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, quick story because I know I'm a cowboy fan uh, he, he didn't like Randy White you know and, and you know I'm a cowboy fan you know and Randy White that's the manster right all you old guys in the manster who knows who I'm talking about raise your hand please 
Okay, good. We got good amount. Y'all are good Christians. Okay, so, <laughs> so Randy White uh, and, and Greg didn't get along. And he, he told me one of the first times I sat down with him, he told me about a time he got in a fight with Randy White. And, and, and he was calling him a coward and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, dang, man, that's Randy White. He's like, I don't care who that is. I just tell you how tough these guys are. Like, I'm not talking to Randy White that way. I don't care if I was in the NFL or not. But me and him kind of got cross with that. But he's a lot bigger than me, so I kind of shut it down real quick. You know what I'm saying? But Greg Brzezina, after he became a pastor, uh, again, chaplain of the Atlanta Falcons, he has a, a really great church in the Atlanta, Georgia area. But... When my grandmother passed away, which was about the same time, he came down for the funeral. And uh, he, had, again, had heard that, that God had called me to plant and pastor a church. He pulled me aside. He started talking to me about it. And he was kind of giving me this criticism, this corrective criticism, you know, that we don't like. You know what I'm saying? You know, kind of pointing out some flaws here and there and was asking a lot of questions. That night, he told me, he said, do you mind if I come by your office tomorrow? I want to visit with you. I said, sure. So he comes in my office, and he sits down, and he looks at me, and he says, congratulations, you passed the test. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I was testing your spirit yesterday. He said, I want to see how you reacted. Were you going to react out of pride, which is not of God, or were you going to react out of humility? And when every time, every jab he threw at me, I just kept telling him, you know, and I'm, I'm doing my best and trying my best. I'll pray about that. I'm going to be God-led. This, this is what God's shown me. And I didn't get upset. I took the criticism. Guys, that's testing the spirit. We do the same thing here at the church. Whenever we have somebody that we're wanting to put into leadership, we test them. That's biblical. We'll give them a little corrective criticism just to see how they handle it. But here's something that I need you all to understand. When testing this way, give them time. Because even if they act out of pride, if they come back to you with conviction, that's the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of us that are going to, you know, first, right off the bat, show some pride, right? Like, that's just our flesh. But the thing is, if they come back to you with conviction, that's the Holy Spirit. Satan does not feel conviction. The evil one does not feel conviction. So again... That's how you distinguish those two spirits. You understand that? Get some Christian head nods. That's what I'm talking about. It's really funny when I say that and y'all are all, like, all at the same time. <laughs> now let's go to miracles. The definition of miracles. A supernatural event that occurs outside the bounds of what is natural. In the gift of working miracles, God is entrusting us with a strength and an energy that we do not normally have. It is a power of the Holy Spirit surging through us, through our hands, our feet, our minds, causing us to do or be something that is not normal or natural to our human behavior. Miracles are the supernatural demonstration of the power of God by which the laws of nature are altered, suspended, or controlled. You, man, I'm going to tell you, you know, law y'all, most of y'all know, I got, I live with four women, you know, I have a beautiful wife who's perfect, and I have three beautiful daughters who are not perfect. <laughs> you're, you're close, though. You're close, baby. I can say that because Annabelle's here. Sadie and Caroline, they got a little work to do, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shh. 
What's what? No, I, say, I said that last time. I said, what happens in the sanctuary stays in the sanctuary. That's not true. We're going to get that out. But what the pastor says about personal things stays in the sanctuary. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, God surrounding me with these four women, uh, <laughs> guys, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know that country song, you know, uh, Waiting on a Woman? That's my world, man. Like every day I wake up, I'm waiting on a woman. And then he put me in the jewelry industry, I'm waiting on women. And then he got me to the church, and some of you men act like women sometimes. <laughs> but I love y'all. So, so uh, forgive the pastor. So the thing is, guys, I've been praying for a miracle for a long time. They can't be on time. <laughs> Ever. It hit me last week. I was in a bad mood, and Amanda, Annabelle was late, and we got to get up here, I had to pray, and it hit me last week. I'm praying about it. It's a miracle. Like, that's the only way it's going to happen, because I've just been, like, griping at them, right? Well, guys, what I need you all to understand, I'm going to talk about this here in a minute. Whenever you have done everything that you can possibly do and it doesn't work, pray for a miracle. Even if it's your, you know, four women trying to be on time. Pray for a miracle. As humans, we are limited. So when we see or perform a miracle, we are in awe and even at times in misbelief. A miracle is only a miracle from the viewpoint of man. I'm going to repeat that because that was good. <laughs> and I thought of that all, my, all by myself. <laughs> Security. <laughs> a miracle is only a miracle from the viewpoint of man. It's not a miracle from the viewpoint of our almighty God, right? It's so normal to him. He's in the miracle-making business. We may see one miracle in our lifetime. I need you to know there's a lot more out there than that, by the way. You need to open your eyes. But that man, every second of every day, is performing miracles normal to him it's hard for us to see the best employee God has ever had in this business is of course his son Jesus Christ right from walking on water and silencing storms to feeding 5,000 and raising Lazarus from the dead Jesus has the greatest or excuse me Jesus was the greatest miracle worker to ever walk the face of the earth I'll show y'all something though this is a list of the top five miracle workers in the Bible. Hmm. But Micah, you said Jesus was the greatest, right? In the Bible, actually stated, Moses has 42 miracles that he performed. Jesus has 37. Elijah 17, Paul 10, and Peter 9. 42 with Moses and 37 with Jesus. But again, Micah, you said, I know what I said. Give me a second. Let's go to, there's a verse that backs this up for me. 
that Jesus is still the greatest. And that's John 21, 25. I love this verse. Mikey already knew it. He already knew it. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. We don't know how many miracles Jesus performed. They couldn't keep up with it. Another verse that proves this point, this was brought to my attention by the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, I was studying Jesus' first recorded miracle in, in John chapter 2. Most of you, I mean, we all know that's, you know, turning water into wine where he goes to a wedding and, and, and he's there and they're out of wine, you know. Man, I was at a wedding not too long ago and they ran out of wine. It, it was a rough wedding. And I was praying like, Jesus, come on now, like. Yeah. But Jesus shows up at this wedding. No wine. He didn't want to do it, by the way. His mama came to him. See, it's biblical. Listen to your mama. Okay. His mama came to him and said, it's time for you to step up and, and perform a miracle. He says, Why am I? he says, woman, this ain't in my business. Don't talk to your mama like that. Okay. Back then, biblical times is a little different. Okay. But, but nowadays, if you talk to your mama like that, you're going to get slapped. Don't talk to your mama like that. I won't even pray for you if you talk to your mama like that nowadays. <laughs> so Jesus, of course, performs the miracle. We all know the story. Turns water into wine. Everybody was able to drink the wine. But here's my thing, and, and, and I want to point this out. I, I don't believe that was his first miracle. I don't. Because when I heard that last verse, when I, when, I, when I read this, I'm thinking, well, man, how many miracles did he perform beforehand? Some of you biblical scholars are like, but Michael, wait a minute. In John 2.11, it says that it was, okay, pull up John 2.11. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Revealed. First time. I took it even a step further. I actually went and studied the Greek. And this verse in the Greek, the word ephemeron, is what took the place of reveal. But guess what ephemeron means? Reveal. Guess what reveal means? To make known to the public information that was previously known only to a few people that was meant to be left secret. Jesus Christ has been, he performed miracles from the day that he set foot on this earth. We have no idea how many miracles this man performed. Y'all are all looking at me like, why are you giving us a history lesson? I thought we were going to learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting there. I promise. Now I want you to know Jesus performing all these countless miracles within, you know, 33 years of his life. Micah, again, how does this help me? I've read this verse many times, and I'm going to point it out again, and I need you to understand. We talk about this. When the Bible repeats itself, it's important, right? When your pastor repeats itself, either he has nothing else to preach about or it's important, okay? This is important. John 14, 12. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done, and even greater works, greater works, greater works. In fact, hang on, congregation. I want you all to say this. I have done and even... Because I am going to be with 
the Father, and he goes on to say, I'm leaving you a helper, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can perform the miracles that I have, and even greater. He had countless miracles, ladies and gentlemen, countless. The reason I bring that up is this, I mean, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. It's a miracle. The next time that you're struggling with your finances, it's a little easier than raising Lazarus from the dead, right? The next time somebody in your family has cancer or an illness, I didn't like the sound of that. That sounded like I was speaking it. The next time you have a loved one, a friend, anybody that's struggling with a disease, because we don't speak over that, right? That's a lot easier to heal than raising Lazarus from the dead. A lot of y'all know that because I've prayed over you before with illnesses and diseases or situations in your life, and I'll say that because he tells us to say it. You speak his word, you remind him of what he told you, remind him of his promises. So the next time you're praying for a miracle, you tell him, God, you told me that I could do even greater things than you because you're leaving me the Holy Spirit. So this is easy for you. Remind him of those promises. Attack with prayer. That's how miracles are performed. People ask me all the time, do I believe in miracles? Yeah. And then they say, well, well how, how, do you, how do you prove that, Micah? And i just be honest with you. All I got to do is, is look at my wife and my three daughters. That's a miracle. See, you even you weren't even trying to be funny, and people still laugh. You know what I'm saying? And trust me, it, it is. I mean, any any woman that can put up with me for 16 years, that is a miracle. And yeah, see, Mike, you were too early on that one. There's been one miracle in my life that I've I've lived. <clears throat> now, there's more than that, but there's one that uh, when people ask me that question, this is what I, I tell them. Um, a lot of y'all know little Caroline, my, my youngest child. Uh, she's eight, and, and she's wild. And, yeah, for sure. And Caroline, uh, a lot of people don't know this, and, and I, have, I think I've told this story once before, but Caroline uh, was actually a twin. Um, and uh, me and Amanda were so excited, I scared to death, I ain't gonna lie, when she showed me that picture with two of them. Two, you know, two of those little peanuts, you know. I was like, dang, man, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, I kind of lost my breath for a second. But then we were so excited. Just such a blessing from God. I believe it was about three months into the pregnancy. I know it was really late. We lost one. And the doctor, who I love to death, she came in the room. She said, you've lost one. And she said, the odds of the second one, it's, it's not good. It would take a miracle. But what I loved about her was, so we're going to start praying for one. That's what she said. God, man, we, mean, we need more doctors like that. 
So immediately, me and Amanda prayed for a miracle. Amanda was, I don't know, she, I guess, seven and a half months pregnant and uh, went up for her checkup. And it was the only checkup I missed. Men, by the way, when your wife goes to the doctor to get a checkup and she's pregnant, if you can make it, make, make, dang sure you're there. Do everything you can to get there. But be supportive, okay? Because you know what? When that baby comes out, you're going you're gonna, to, trust me, you're going to have to be supportive. So you might as well start right now. But I wasn't there. That was the one time I remember I had a customer coming in from Dallas. And all of our checkups before that were perfect. You know, ever since the baby had passed, the other twin, everything was perfect. So... Amanda was like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And I, no, I'll try and get, no, don't worry about it. So I didn't. I get a phone call. She said, I need you to come to the hospital. She said, they're telling me I got to have this baby right now. So we rush back up, or I rush over there, walk in the room, and Amanda, you can tell, is in shock. She doesn't know what to say. The doctor walks in, and she says, guys, she said, uh, we're going to have to have this baby right now. We, we've got some complications going on. Um, Continue to pray for a miracle. So we did. Caroline was born. It was a beautiful thing. It was the most emotional um, thing I've probably ever been through. <clears throat> to watch your wife str struggle. You know, us men, we're fixers, right? And when your wife's struggling with something, you can't fix it. Guys, lean on God because he'll fix it. And let me tell you something, by you leaning on God and setting that example, and your wife sees that, I promise you that will lift her up and give her major encouragement. So lean on God in those situations. So it's what I did. We have Caroline. I'll never forget. She comes out. This is what scared me. I'm not going to lie. I forgot about this part of the story. She comes out. She ain't making a sound. And y'all know when a baby comes out like, you know what I'm saying? Not a, especially my other two kids. They loud as soon as they came out, right? Caroline wasn't making a sound, but then she finally cried. It was, it was beautiful. But anyway, I walked out in the hallway after Caroline was born, and the doctor is leaned up against the wall in the hallway, and she's got her head down like this. And I come out, and I just happened to glance at her, and I looked at her, and she looked up at me, and you could tell she, she'd been crying. And she said, I just want you to know that's a miracle, baby. There's no way she's supposed to be here. See, I love that doctor because even though she told us we needed to pray, she also knew not to let Amanda know how bad it was. She wanted to keep us continuing to look for that miracle and, and claim that miracle and expect that miracle. Guys, that's the miracle working business. You don't just sit back and talk about it and wish for it. You don't wish for anything. You repeat God's promises that he's given you in the word you stand firm on them with boldness, and you expect it. Christian warriors, if there's one thing you can take home with you today, it's this. God is still in the miracle working business. When do you know again it's time to have a miracle? When you've tried everything else, guys. Don't quit fighting. Start asking. All of the spiritual gifts we have learned in the past few weeks... Uh, can definitely help build God's kingdom in a mighty way, but they are nothing without the most important gift of the Holy Spirit. We've done this the last few weeks. I'm going to do it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, or excuse me, verse 13, 12, verse, chapter 12, first, <laughs> chapter 13, verse 2. 
Nick is like, which one, man? Like, come on. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith so that I can move mountains but do not love, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I got it. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love conquers all. Amen? Amen. Amen. Grab a pen and paper. Write this down. We're going to get on to baptisms. I'm talking about. 11.15. Bojo, I've never finished that fast. I got you a birthday present. I ain't giving it to you now. I do have one more question. I know we've got some folks from, uh, well, it's really not a question. It's just a statement. We've got some visitors here from Alabama, so roll tide. Yeah, it did. Am I bad? Well, he told me it was 50-50. I actually talked so bad. They were like half Auburn, half you know, Alabama. And Alabama's so much better. That's why I said roll tide. I'm sorry. So, so grab pen and paper. Write this down. They're never coming back. They're like, we're never coming back to this church. Write this down, guys. Miracles are not meant to be understood. They are meant to be believed. Amen. Absolutely. 